Welcome to Getting Sports with Drunk. I'm your host, Cupcake the Riddler, and I'm joined by... Mark. Sheen Washable. Nope. And the Red Baron. Uh, so half our crew is pretty much out with the yeah. flu. <laughs> we got hit pretty hard. Yeah, out of commission. Um, needless to say, it's on record that the two that are out have been seen swapping spit from time to time. So All the time. I think time. it's pretty clear where those come from. Um, but it's noted they're not here. And punishment shots go in the log. Speaking of punishment shots, Machine Washable has yeah, two shots a, coming his way. Had a couple. Punishment shot for missing a show and his his shot owed for uh, coming in a tied four-way for last place in the uh, the divisional round predictions that he initiated. Yeah. Yep. Not the normal private stock, though. It's got a supplemental yeah. today. We're recording live from Red Baron's basement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Our normal spot, GDH Woodworking Studio, was... Uh, under renovation. Uh, under renovations for the night, so we... Uh, Someone forgot their keys. That's what happened. <laughs> so That's we're improvising. We're improvising. <laughs> it's not like it's the first time we've recorded from down here, but it's, uh, it's still exciting, the three of us, the, the, the original three from the kitchen kitchen days before we expanded to... Uh, Throwing it back. Yeah, until we expanded out the uh, the knowledge, sports knowledge and ridiculousness. Douchebaggery of it, our of our show. It shows we're mobile too. We could record anywhere at any time. Yeah, any true. basement, any basement. <laughs> any you basement. got a basement? We're there, <laughs> even if it's not finished. <laughs> Send us your address. Yes, we're there. We'll show up. We should try to record from a bathroom one time. Porta potty. We will go. A French <laughs> toast is provided. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, so Machine Washable will do his shots. Uh, some Michters. Well, he's well, he's like. Agonizing in pain over that. Uh, we'll we'll do our our short but sweet starting lineup. Uh, Red Baron, what do you got for us? I have a very vibrant can from Golden Road, the three twenty nine lager. Three hundred, forgive me, three hundred twenty nine days of sun lager. Mock's not liking the bourbon. Made in Los Angeles. Yeah, he oh he's crying. I'm not crying. It's just not good. <laughs> it's good. I haven't been a. Now, obviously, you've never had anything from Golden Road, right? No, so I this think... will be your first like review of them type of deal. But um, I've had a few of their products just from samples uh, brought into the store, or whatever. I'm actually not a big fan of most of their products, but I really like they have a one called Wolf Pup. Wolf Pup. Yeah, it's a vibrant blue can. It's a session. Hmm. Pretty good. Uh, I'm rounding out the uh, the Sour Sisters slash Farmhouse series today from Goose Island. Uh, we have the Madame Rose. Which I don't really like. I like Madame Rose better. It just sounds rolls with the tongue better. Yeah. Uh, Mox going in for a second shot and vomit. Nice. Um, but this is a it's a Belgian style wild ale uh, with a wine made in, uh, aged in wine barrel. Sorry, with a uh, cherries. So this has been what seven weeks in the making. I think so. Seven weeks. Yeah. There'll Something be a like that. Yeah, we'll have a. Now some of these are from different series. Like we, I did the Sophie and the uh, the Pepe Nero. Those aren't part of this series, but uh, I'm gonna do a full full beer review. On uh, Instagram. Slideshow. Slide Look forward show. to it. Yeah. So. I have, from Oscar Blues Brewery in North Carolina, Dale's Pale Ale. It's fun to say. It is. Dale's almost, Pale Ale. I almost okay. wish it wasn't Dale's. I wish it was just Dale Pale Ale. It's up there with Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. Well, at the end of the show, will you give us like a, a full, kind of just like a quick review of your favorites, or are you going to save it all for written? We'll see. Ooh, surprise! <laughs> Stay tuned. I hate surprises. <laughs> can we? Can we get? Um, well, M- M- Mock's a social media expert, but Kendall's the producer. So, can you guys collab for me? Can you see if you can get the rights, even if it's for one show, from Dick Wolf to do the Law and Order theme on a show? <laughs> I really want to like use that for like a lot of suspense things. Like, oh, will you give us the beer review of the whole series? Maybe. Dun 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 dun. And we're sued. We can yeah. try to make a, like a cheesy cover, like <laughs> <laughs> on a like, banjo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm not even going to try any more than that. Uh, so, uh, uh, Toast of Excellence, Round the Horn. Did you gentlemen prepare Toast of Excellence? I did, and I'd, I'd like to go first. You may. Now, this goes against everything I believe in, but I'm reaching for my beer and I can't find it. Uh, I have to give it to the New England Patriots. Gross. I know. And it's on record that I hate them more than almost anything in the world. But in Do you hate go, the Patriots more than Celery? Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Wow. And there's, there's some things that there's overlaps of things. There's got to be some things worse for than For everybody others. out there, the Red Baron hates celery. And it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. Taste has no taste. It's stringy. It's watery. It's, it's not watery. It just is water. It's a yes, solid that, water. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. 
It's yeah. green ice. But uh, Tom Brady, his chance for his sixth Super Bowl, and uh, great team. Hate him. <laughs> uh, my toast of excellence is to my new head coach, Pat Shermer. Making things happen. I'm excited. Yeah. I am. <laughs> yeah. Making things yeah. happen. Ma- making things happen. <laughs> uh, my toast of excellence goes to um, the Chicago Bulls and New Orleans Pelicans for playing yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. a huge, hugely uh, contested, very exciting game, uh, double overtime. Pelicans ended up with the W. Boogie. Uh, yeah, Boogie put up a pretty historical day, uh, had a 40-20-10 day. Yeah. Um, but the the young, youthful, young, youthful. Young, I'll youthful. I'll take the private stock. Um, but the youthful, promising-looking Bulls, you know, started off the season terrible. They're kind of rebounding a little bit and playing better basketball. And it was, it was a exciting game. Good game for th- good for the sport. Sports. Sports. Good so, sports win. Uh, yep. Also, toast, toast of excellence to those things. Gentlemen. Oh, my. Now, is this, is this both of your first times having this beer before? I've had Dale's Pale I before. I think I've had it. I'm not sure. Have any of you had the, the Madame Rose? I have. No. You've had the Madame Rose? Yeah. Where? On draft? <laughs> Liar. Uh, actually, I think I had it when I was at Goose Island. Really? I think so. They had it on draft? I think so. Wow. That's not like them. I'll have to they, give them a phone call. They had <laughs> something. I it, it may not have been Madame Rose. Bastards. But there was some of the farmhouses there on tap. They just put Fulton Coffee Street blend in the uh, twelve packs. Got those in the store. Very excited. Almost broke my teeth at that place. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, shot trivia. Uh, unfortunately, Jeff lost last week, so he's not here. He's dying of the flu. So he lost by default. Well, no, this he lost. Week? Well, yeah. So him and Kyle have to do a shot for not being here. And then Jeff has to do his payment shot for shot trivia. So, yeah, just so got just, him in the bank. They're racking him up. I'm gonna fill in. With the question. Oh, with the question. I'm gonna take the shot too. <laughs> he still has to do one, but I you know, so we keep a kind of a, a flow going. Now Kyle's gonna love this because Ma can't guess the middle shot. The middle the middle number. So it's one ah. of us it's 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 a high low thing here. So if it's statistical, which it kinda has to be. I'll give you the mictors for the young youthful. Oh, okay, thanks. It's gonna be a true false question. <laughs> no, no, no. Actually that'd be great. <laughs> Both say true. Okay. It's maybe Steve Young. Quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and yes, he was, and the San Francisco 49ers. He has taken this many snaps out of the shotgun. Wow. Uh, I'm going to say 47. In his whole career? In his whole career. Oh, man. 75. The correct answer is zero. Wow. He it was never... a different style of quarterback back then. Never took a snap from the shark. I mean, granted, in the in the the spectrum of the NFL, Steve Young playing wasn't that that long ago, but back then it wasn't. You didn't line up in the shotgun for all the quick passes. It was either pretty much it was either pretty much a run play or like a, a a yardage down the field type of pass. Like it wasn't these like dink and dunk screens that get you four yards. Now this is going to sound stupid, but I believe he was a lefty, and I don't know if that had something to do with it. It sounds ridiculous, I know, but I don't know if he was just more comfortable. I initially, I wanted to say like 540, but then Paul said, <laughs> getting, I was like, mm. I was a little surprised too. What, the lowness? The lowness. Of- well, I just, I kind of figured that you asked it because it was either like all of the snaps or none of the snaps. So <laughs> That's I was a good like, question. Good question. So I was like, eh, 47. Well, I asked that too because during the show, we're going to kind of do some fun NFL trivia facts that are just unbelievable, but uh so I guess I don't have to tell them what we're doing the show now. I'm sorry, I jumped the gun. Yeah, I'm, well, we're doing other stuff. Unintended shotgun. Ooh, that, that was more for me, not you. Uh, I wanted to be a part of it. <laughs> uh, we got a, got a little plethora of stuff to talk about. Kind of throw it back to the the kitchen days when we first started recording. <laughs> a plethora, you mean? <laughs> a plethora. Um, it's a uh, yeah. Back to the kitchen days. I mean, yeah. back when it was recording, uh, our our soundboard was a uh, a laptop that needed to be plugged in at all times, otherwise it would blow up. And uh, one, one, microphone one microphone in the middle of a kitchen yep. table with terrible acoustics, and sometimes like the oven would go off. People would walk in. Yeah, like, just because clean it was, dishes. It was just too hard <laughs> not to to know what was going on. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, to be exciting. So Kendall, you said we get the uh, some fun random NFL facts to discuss and whatever. MLB Hall of Fame class was announced uh, today, the day of recording, when Wednesday. 
Um, we got some uh, some All Star action, All Star slash Pro Bowl action coming up. Um, so yeah, all kinds of fun stuff. A lot of stuff happening. Yeah, I don't know what to lead off with. Pick one. Red Baron, you're on. What do you want? Let's do the Hall of Fame. All right. We got the list up anyway. Well, Chipper Jones. Ooh. Chipper Jones leads this year's class. But, you don't um, hate Chipper Jones. You just hate what he did to the Mets. <laughs> yeah, that's the reason I hate him. <laughs> Joining Chipper Jones from the Cleveland Indians, Jim Tomey. White Sox, you mean? <laughs> from his time with the Expos and the Angels, outfielder Vladimir Guerrero. White Sox. And from the Padres. He went to a game. <laughs> Trevor Hoffman, a closing pitcher. So four, what is it, four guys this year. I, I, yeah, I like the list. Yep, um, golf clap, golf clap. Trevor Hoffman, uh, 600 saves, and I, towards the end, it took him forever to get to 600. It's like <laughs> he kept blowing it. And like, what was it, it got now, sad. I'll, I'll do the private stock shot for it because I can never remember. What, what was like the thing that Vlad was like famous for? The oh. swinging at ridiculous pitches. Oh, hitting, he, he hit home, home runs off intentional walks, right? Hit home, yeah, the ball could be, you know, above his head, almost off the ground. He just swings at it. He was not like a like curveballs in the dirt. He would dig them out and put them out of the He was, a, the he was a pine tar on the helmet guy, right? Probably. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I remember that. I'm sure we could find like a bunch of like clips of him. Oh yeah, I'm sure it's out we could, there. We could post that. Ridiculous home runs. But so I tell you, pretty he, much anything I swing at in he, football. He may have been like one of the best like pure batters we've seen. He he really was incredible. And when he was young, he was great in the field. He had like an incredible arm. Towards the end got a little spotty. <laughs> Decrepit. But, <laughs> but he was he he was a force in his prime. Chipper Jones though. What a career that guy had. Yep, yep. Against he, uh, the Mets. Killed the Mets. I, uh, I Do you think he could have made the Hall of Fame just on his numbers against the Mets? I mean they're they're incredible. I mean if that's all he did, yeah, he, <laughs> he he'd be probably the first unanimous. But I mean, you know, there's guys that were close but didn't quite make it this year. You need I what's it, seventy five percent of the vote to I, get in. I believe so. Edgar Martinez, seventy percent. Mussina, sixty three and a half percent. Two guys that I think should be in there, hopefully soon. But climbing up, Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds, the steroids guys. That'll make Kyle happy. They didn't make it because they have the flu. Yeah. <laughs> so what's like the what's the, the year span on eligibility? I believe you got to be out of league for five years. Five years and then but like, like, how long are you eligible for? It depends on what your voting numbers are. So, like, if, once you dip below a certain percent, you're I believe out? you have to get at least five percent of the vote to stay on the ballot. So, like, uh, it was either last year, or the year before, like Jorge Posada. That's what I was thinking of. Got like two point three percent of the votes. So now he's not even on the ballot anymore. Like ever again. The only way he can get in by write-ins. No, he has to wait like fifteen years, and then there's. Um, the Veterans Committee, which is separate, and they can choose to vote people in. Like this year, they they brought in um, Jack Morris and Alan, Alan Trammell. They voted them in. So, I mean, it's, you, no, it's a weird system. I sort of recall. Did you feel he deserves to be in? Posada? Yeah, I don't have, yeah, I don't absolutely. have his numbers in front of me. But absolutely. I, I always felt that he was kind of, I mean, he was a starter for the Yankees all those years, but I was never blown away by him I, I don't know i just i, I didn't he, feel uh, that he was worthy with posada i mean I'm, I'm pretty sure he was like a career 270 batter he was a great batting catcher i mean he was a, like you said he was a starting catcher for the yankees for what 12 13 years and he has the hardware to warrant a hall of fame nod personally i i think he should be in not maybe not first ballot second whatever but he had him, Sorry, not to interrupt. He had a uh, 900 runs scored, uh, 1600 hits, um, 273 batting average. He had uh, 275 career ding dongs and just shy of 1100 ribeyes. And and over how many years? If you have it in front of you, uh, 17. So I mean that that's a long career, especially for a catcher. You don't see the longevity with catchers too much. The no, knees that's go. True. That's true. For me, I, I mean, yes, I'm a Yankees fan, but Posada should be in the Hall of Fame. Well, the MLB is the, is the hardest Hall of Fame to get in, right? And it, yeah. it's very statistically driven, which kind of sucks too, because you look at like, you look at people like you know like biases, obviously, but like for me, like Paul Konerko, like you look at what Paul Konerko did for the White Sox as an organization, not only to give them a World Series, but just to get them back to that competitiveness competitiveness level a place they hadn't been in some time, and, like, 
you can't put a statistic on what a player means to a team outside of their numbers, locker room leadership, see all that stuff. And it's like, I understand that like the hall of fame is more statistical based. I get that, but it's like, it, it's very stats and character like Kurt Schilling, probably one of the most dominant pitchers we've seen. Isn't going to get into the hall of fame because he's caused such media frenzies and all his political, whatever they won't bring him in. Yeah. It's the MLB Hall of Fame is very tough. Which I mean, the Hall of Fame should be hard to get into. Right. It should be the best of the but some of the guys that get snubbed are it, it's horrible. Well, the thing too is I feel like it's tough because the now I understand that you know a, a baseball team. What's the what's the active roster on an MLB team? 50, 40. 40, 40. Oh, was it go up to fifty two for the September? Something like that, Somewhere, yeah. Right? And then, like, an NFL team has 55. But there's more relevancy for players in the NFL than there are for an MLB. Like, you go through an MLB team, you, you know, there's obviously always stacked teams. Like, you look at the, the 90s, early 2000s Yankees, things like that. Yep. But, but like, just look at a team like today. I mean, there's a lot. There's star players. Then there's a good chunk of, like, good players. And then there's just, you know, the guys that fill in the gaps, utility type guys. that just mm-hmm. they're, they're there to service their role. They're expendable. But like you go to an NFL team, you know, and a, a you go to a um a sport where there's much more stardom, so the Hall of Fame is a lot easier to get into. I think that plays into it because I mean, like I said, I, I don't know, like I'm not big into the baseball Hall of Fame. I've never really like looked into it that much, like you guys have and like Kyle and Jeff have. But like, I mean, just look. I mean, like, how many teams in the MLB right now have two players on their roster that are guaranteed Hall of Famers? Probably not many. Yeah, right. right. I mean, right. I couldn't off even... the top of my head, there's I plenty of teams that probably don't even have any. Oh yeah, but I mean, like to have two. I mean, like the Angels are like an exception because like Trout will be a Hall of Famer if he plays the rest <laughs> of his career this way. Yeah, but and they have Pujols, who's going to be in the Hall of Fame. But like, I mean, you look at the Yankees. I mean, there's no guarantees. I mean, Stanton could fall off. I mean, realistically, right now they're all too young to say. But I mean. If you even look at the veteran guys, I don't think there's any Hall of Famer on the Yankees right now. That's what I'm saying. CC so like Sabathia, maybe. Borderline. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, if if I think he'd be more likely to stay on the ballot for a long time because he just gets a, a decent amount of votes. But I mean, the thing. I mean, he's got he's got the World Series win. He he's had a long career, but it's just, it depends. Do they vote? When he's fat or when he's skinny? Because <laughs> he, if he's fat when they vote, he's surefire first ballot, first ever unanimous <laughs> Hall of Famer. But if the guy tries to lose some weight after baseball's over, it's over for him. He's the, the thing that irritates me, like I'm looking at the list of guys and you know who had percentages higher than others. Manny Ramirez had 22% of the vote. A guy that was caught using steroids, I think two, three times, got thrown out of the league, retired, came back, and Posada's off the ballot. It, it it's a it's a broken system, I think. Yeah, I mean, it, it it's tough. Uh, I don't know the steroids thing. I mean, I know it, it's been on the show before. Right, we get debated for days and days and days. <laughs> I I don't like it. I don't think the guys that get caught using it should be in the Hall of Fame. But I mean, it's getting closer and closer. So it's only a matter of time before one of these guys gets in. Yeah. Well, it was just it was such a prevalent part of the you know the game in the 90s it's just oh yeah i get it you know it's hard to overlook the stats it's just it's an answer that we'll probably have yeah i mean like i'll never like you know i've been very good at staying out of the the machine (laughs) you know man of many j marts debate (laughs) about steroids but i mean if you had to if i had to see a steroid using player go into the hall of fame I guess I would say Bonds over everybody. Not, be, I mean, the home run numbers are inflated because of steroids. I get that, but if you take the steroids away, the guy's still batting high average. He's still getting a lot of hits. But that that that's the thing. Like, I agree with you, but we also have no idea. It, it just it raises such a question mark. I mean, but it's it's question marks on both sides. It's how many guys are in the Hall of Fame that didn't get caught using steroids? Oh, absolutely. You know, or how many guys that how many guys had flags raised, but happened to have test negative at the time. I mean the other the other side of it is too with the steroids thing. Like, you know, yes, I, I rip on Bonds and Manny, but coaches, even like the commissioner at the, the over the whole thing, see like they're in the Hall of Fame. You know, they benefited from steroid users. So I mean, where do you draw the line? Yeah. I guess. It, it's just 
I hate that they got in, involved in the game. To me, it, to me, it diminished everything. It's inevitable. It's the problem. I mean, you, football and, and football and baseball, two sports that require power. I mean, not in all aspects for baseball or football, but more so than not, power. I mean, you want yeah. you know the hitting. You know, if you're that that guy that's a regular warning track guy, one Need that extra pop, one good yeah, one good one good session of some juicing might give you that extra pop. Absolutely, and you know it, it's not something you really see in things like basketball and hockey and soccer and stuff like that because it's it's just not as required and, and even for me like it's I not like, as much of a part of the game i guess it's all just every sport that i can watch i like the sports in like their purest form mm. you know i i can watch baseball because i just love baseball so when like the the mcguire and sosa the they were going head to head like that that was fun to watch then you find out, oh they're both on steroids so who cares well, I mean, the it's argument just, could still be made. You could still care because at least, at least, it's not like you know, oh, McGuire was on roids and Sosa wasn't, so Sosa it shouldn't have even been a contest. They were still duking it out. But it, it to me, it diminishes it. It takes away from it. It, it, it I wish it didn't happen. Like it, it yeah. was pointless. I mean, that that's just my. Was opinion. Kyle's argument that steroids made the game more exciting or that they were good for the game? Both. Yeah. I mean, because I could see, I could see how Kyle would say they like. I could understand why they make it more exciting at the time. Like, not now. Like, looking back on it, like you said, like, looking back on, like, Barry Bonds as all his home runs, like, it's not as impressive knowing that there were steroids involved. Not at all. But at the time, it was exciting. Well, as it goes, that's when the highest television viewership was during that period of time where everyone was hitting, you know, 60-plus home runs. And it was was a free-for-all. And that's what I mean. Like, I mean, unless something happens and it comes out that Stanton is using steroids, to watch a guy hit... 60 home runs in a season clean to me is much more fun to watch than a guy that's juiced up doing it I, that that's just the the sport fan mm, I, I guess in me no i i can agree with that yeah it's gonna come out though he's, he's end up doing something like worse though like <laughs> like the guy's gonna have been like like child labor or something like that <laughs> something like terrible well i mean yeah it's it is what it is i mean everyone has a different different line in the sand i mean I don't. I don't think steroids will ever affect NFL Hall of Fame voting as much as it will something like the Baseball Hall of Fame. But I don't know. I just just let everybody do it. <laughs> just whatever. If it's illegal, just let everybody do it. Who cares at that point? Then it's the standard. Then you don't got because then it's like, what are you gonna do? You're gonna find someone for not taking them, and then it's just done. It's like pot. Everyone's you're legalizing pot, and now there's you know now it's just okay. Like steroids, it's just MLB's like, all right, you can do steroids, but there's a lot of them out. You got to get your car to do it. You know, you got to come to MLB headquarters. You got to get your steroids from us. And then everybody who does steroids that they got from some Joe Schmo at the gym, gone. They're just yeah. done from the game forever. That's that's an interesting take on that. I kind of like that. That's funny. Just legalize it, but limit it. <laughs> Tax it. Tax it. Like, look, going- okay, steroids are legal in baseball, but here's the here's the deal. You want to do the steroids? You got to get them from us. They got to be, you know, authorized by the MLB. They have to be administered by MLB doctors. And to combat that, there'll be a tax on it, just like there's a tax on pot where it's legalized. It's coming out of your merchandise. Ten percent of your sales, <laughs> or no, ten percent of your uh, contract stays to the MLB. Hmm. We should get this in writing. I'll draw up the contract. Send it, send it to MLB. It'll, It'll be, be eight something. sentences long. I feel like <laughs> I have an idea. Yes, it's about steroids. I want them. I'm not <laughs> saying that they make the game better. I'm just saying if everyone does them, then it's like nobody does them. Right. <laughs> Even playing field. And then like four more sentences of nothing. But yeah, I don't know. Steroids. They're, they are what they are. Um, All-Star Games coming up. Yep. Talking about that. NBA. Um, that's coming up soon. Uh, we got this weekend, Pro Bowl. Everybody's least favorite All-Star event. Yeah, oh, it's horrible. And the NHL All-Star Game. Better better if you say so um i mean i'm the hockey fan and i just i don't know the all-star game was like now it's like these like these like mini games of like three on three hockey and just i don't know it's like i get it it opens up the ice and all that stuff and it gets more people involved and it you know but i don't know it's like it's interesting well it's so different it's like it's like there's there's division captains and 
I don't know. I liked it when it was the East and the West, and there were the three captains named from each side. And then they had, a, they had, you know, it was like, yeah, of course it was a stupid televised event that people like, you know, they watch and it was just more money, you know, ratings for the NHL. But they had a freaking draft like the weekend of, and the three captains from each team sat down and drafted, you know, people from the, you know, the, the fans voted everybody in. And these were all the people that were eligible to be drafted. And then they had a draft. And it was just, it was awesome because you'd see like, you'd see an older guy get, you know, put in like for the same reason Kobe got in. It's like the, you know, yeah. his last hurrah of a season. It's not that great of a season or whatever. And then he gets picked last, like as a joke or whatever. <laughs> and then they play the game and the final score is 27 to 23. Who doesn't want to see that? I don't want to see a bunch of games in four to two. That's just like watching regular hockey. <laughs> so come to the All-Star game to be amazed. Well, I'm amazed by the NHL skills competition. Yep, that's yeah. a lot of fun. It is. That that is a lot of fun to watch. Who is it that had that slap shot that was like a hundred something miles Chara, an hour? Chara. Chara. Is Chara it hit, record I still? Was, I think Chara hit like one. No, I think he I think he hit one oh eight. Did he? Yeah, I think Chara I don't remember. Chara might have hit it might be one oh six, but Shea Weber was clocked at one oh eight at one point. I'm not sure. I'll have to look it up. What's well, really cool, too, a big fan of, I'm describing this horribly. Shea Weber in the Olympics hit a slap shot so hard in-game that it broke the twine on the net. Yikes. Imagine that on your face. I've done that. <laughs> I've done that with a scissor. <laughs> scissor. <laughs> but when they put, like, the, the plates in each corner, I think they're, I think they're plates. Or in each yeah, corner, and, and you got to get like, accuracy. Enjoy that. Oh yeah, yeah. That we should have you try that. That's a good idea. We'll film it. I'm telling. I've been saying it, and it's it's a hundred dollars for a WWE Championship belt. We all pitch in, and then we start having things like this. We got the GoPro that Red Baron has, me, and we just start doing things. <laughs> you know, pass, we, punt, and kick competitions. We were supposed to do that. <laughs> slap shot. No, but I, I don't want to do it till we have something to fight for. Because uh, I'm not going to give it my all if I don't have if I get, if I get the chance to have a belt on. Because you damn well know if I get that belt, it's on my shoulder every time <laughs> we record. And I'm going to sit here. I'm going to walk in with sunglasses on and some douchebag scarf like I'm Chris Jericho, and I'll be like, "What's up, pussies?" And that's it. I think when it gets a little warmer, less snow on the ground, less mud in the grass, I think we do it. I, I have no problem. Nice. I have no problem pitching in for a belt, or we can make one. Poster board. <laughs> Paper just gonna break. <laughs> so, so I gotta hear. So it's since two thousand and seven. It's been it was Chara for five straight years, and then Shea Weber for three years after that. Shea Weber <sighs> hit one hundred eight point five. Wow! In two thousand fifteen, and in two thousand twelve, Zdeno Chara hit one hundred eight point eight. I don't think I've ever been in, in a car going that fast. You've driven with J Mart, yes, you have. Yeah, I rescind my <laughs> previous statement. <laughs> That's nuts. That's yeah. just nuts to think about. And then there's two years in a row. You know, who knows what would have happened? There was a 2013 and 14, no, no All Star game. So, you know, I'd like someone to clock how hard I hit a softball. <laughs> I Thirty. I think that's why the 2015 All Star game was so exciting for me because it hadn't happened in, in three years. <laughs> think about the Pro Bowl. Think about it. Or they did the Pro Bowl every other year. I bet you they'd get people would be more apt to watch it. It'd be considered more fun. See, I I don't think people care about the game. the The actual Pro Bowl game, just because you watch it, it's so boring to watch. Well, I think that what they should do to make it more interesting is because there's no hitting, essentially. You know, there's tackling, but you know, you're not taking cheap shots. The guard, you know, the the defensive line and offensive line don't even. You can't sack the quarterback. Exactly. So, but so what they should do is the whole game should pretty much just be played swapping around skill positions player. Like, there's not really you know a lot of injuries or anything. And like, let Drew Brees play safety. See what I what I, I want to see. Drew, cool. I want to see Drew Brees play safety with Luke Kuechly lined up at wide receiver, and then I want to see Jason Peters throw the ball up in the air, and I want to see what happens. Let that happen. What I think they should do, because I mean, especially the NFL. I mean, every every professional league does it but the nfl does a lot of charity stuff and they're very vocal about it i would take the pro bowl uh, do almost like you're saying but have players team up with either i don't know kids or anybody and do like a flag football thing me i would make this a giant fan expo it's all fan votes have people come out wherever you have it if you have it in la whatever and let the fans that voted their players in Get to hang out with hang out with them. I think they kind of get to do that. We just don't see it. But the the Pro Bowl thing, like I understand the game itself is boring, but the game is. I I don't think it's as much for the like the fans as per se as it is. Is it's kind of like a 
it's it's a no consequences well it's all cash and setting and it's well the thing too is, is it's it's kind of like a fun like a like a reminder of why you fell in love with the game for the players it gives these these people that don't get to see their friends that often people they went to college with that you know and they get to play with them again you know they get to spend the, the week with them down in, in hawaii or orlando wherever they're hosting it at that time but i think it's just more for them to kind of like it, it's a social thing for them because i mean the entire year they're locked into their organizations. I mean, you're not going to see, you know, like, you know, if Marcus Mariota and, you know, T.Y. Hilton had gone to the same school, you're not going to see them hanging out together during the season. It's not, especially as division rivals, it's not going to happen. And it gives them, it just gives them a chance. I think it's it's more of like a like a reminder of why you and and it, they're able to do that because it's the only All Star game where you're actually able to completely check out of your mentality because after it's over, you don't have to worry about going back into the season like yeah, every other yeah. game does. So I think that the, it's really, I mean, you look at the players, like the players want to do it. Most of them. Some of them don't care about it. Tom Brady never does it. But well, he's always in the goddamn Super Bowl. <laughs> but it's, the players, they want to do it, you know, and the players that don't do it, usually it's because they're they're just kind of recouping from an injury and don't want to exacerbate it by going out and running. Well, that well that's the thing, too. I remember a couple years ago, if you recall, Tyler Eifert. Blew his ankle out in the in the Pro Bowl and missed an entire season. Yeah, the thing though is, that could happen in any All Star game. There's, I mean, who's to say that Chris Sale doesn't go on the mound for the MLB All Star game this year and doesn't get hit with a 108 mile an hour ball to the face and it ends his career? Yeah, it's and the MLB All Star game up until very recently was the most competitive All Star game. Yeah, because it was actually worth something. So, but I mean, who's to say it just in football it's just more common to get injured than it is in any other sport? But who's to say it won't happen? I mean. They have the skills competition in the NHL. They, they do shootouts. Yeah, for the most part, it's you know absolute bullshit trying to do the fanciest trick shot possible. But who's to say a player doesn't trip and gets a skate to the neck? Oof. You know, but I'm saying like it, stuff True. happens. It just well, happens I mean, more in football. To, to that point, that's isn't that a big reason why the NHL doesn't want their players going for the Olympics? Wasn't it? Who was it? A couple of Tavares? Didn't he blow his knee out? In- um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it was Tavares. I can't remember. Yeah, people get injured, but part of it is that. Part of it is viewership because you shut down the NHL for yeah. a month. Um, I don't know. It's not going to be like a boycotted thing or anything like that, but it's going to be, I don't know. It's just going to be one of those things that's like, I'm not a fan. I like seeing, I like watching the Winter Olympics. I like watching hockey in the Winter yeah. Olympics. And it's it's going to be good for the teams. It's going to give the young kids an opportunity that don't get that opportunity to play for their home country and all that stuff, but... It's nice to see the same type of thing. You know, you get to see Taze and Crosby line up together. Or, you know, you get to see the, all these players, you know, of, of non-relevant. You get to see players like Marion Hosa and Zidane Ochara go play for the, the, the home country, you know, who aren't getting a lot of ice time or injured or whatever. It's just it's fun to see. Can I tell you, though, as much as we're hating on the Pro Bowl, I would love to go to one. Oh, yeah. Oh, like I would love to. Well, nice weather. But, I mean, like like you said, we Has there ever been a Pro see... Bowl in the rain? No, because it was always no. in Hawaii. <laughs> Hawaii all those years. Not that it doesn't rain in Hawaii. It just never, um, never rains there. Sometimes <laughs> not, there's not a volcanic one. eruption. We, but. we don't see the fan expo side, like you said. But, I mean, it would be, because I'm sure you can go there and, you know, hey, you get to catch a pass from Drew Br- anybody. You know, I get to throw a touchdown to Jordy Nelson or, you know, whatever the case may be. It's It's probably a really cool fan experience. <laughs> yeah. It is. I mean, I'd I'd like to go to any of them. It's a lot. It's a lot of fun, like you said. And and the thing too is, is for the most part, you can make a weekend of it. Yeah, sure they're doing yeah. the skills competition and they're airing it, which is something that they they never used to do. They never used. To, they always had a skills competition. It just never got aired. You could you could yeah, catch it on, like three years later. Yeah, you could yeah. catch it on ESPN two from two thousand and eight. Yeah. You know, while it's two thousand thirteen, but yeah, definitely go back and watch it. It's 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 fun. You know, yeah, it's it's. I mean, some of them are stupid. Like, was it last year or the year before they were doing the. Having the drone go up in the air and I think drop it was a last ball. year. I mean, I get it. It's difficult when the when it gets very up there because the wind moves it and the football, you know, aerodynamics and all that. But like stuff like that is stupid. But like they had, I think it was it was it two thousand seven or something like that. Uh, Chad Johnson and um, Steve Smith Senior that had the uh, the best hands competition mm-hmm. where they ran in a ver- like a, in a vertical line up the field. And yeah, they, they used to do that. They were, kind of you know, ball. they would, they caught a ball. They had to turn around, catch another ball that was immediately thrown, and then run up the field catching passes, throwing to them from both sides. It was awesome. Look and up then, those. And then you Look stop those and videos. sprint back. Like stuff like that's fun. Yeah. I mean, they had the the quarterback one last year where they were throwing like 
There's the different points. There's the ones up close on a rotating wheel, and then there's a four, but it's like 80 yards down the field. Not 80, they but They got you know the I mean. nose of the ball painted blue as like a marker. Yeah, like as a marker, stuff like that. Now, not to interrupt you, but I, I did a quick look up here. Tickets for the Pro Bowl, $38. Yeah, how so, much are the tickets to get to the Pro Bowl? <laughs> it's in Orlando. So we so can drive. A couple hundred bucks. Let's drive. If, if we can stop recording and go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done with this. <laughs> well, I mean, theoretically, we could just leave Saturday night and make it. I tell you what. Not That's really. cheap enough to where we can consider that seriously next season. <laughs> yeah. True. Can we make that our NFL game of the year? We go to the, the Pro Bowl. <laughs> That'd be so funny. Oh, God. I could, Kyle would be so pissed. He would be. Yeah, because you want to you know especially why? Because that would be the year the Steelers go to the Super Bowl. The Steelers so and the play. Giants will be in the Super oh, Bowl. We'll only get to see the one Chicago Bear who made it and like the three <laughs> Saints that made it, but we won't get to meet them. Ugh, that'd, be, that'd, be, that'd be something. We should go to the Pro Bowl. Let's let's talk. We'll have about to check it. that out. Hey, maybe maybe next year we we do like a whole thing of it. Let's go to the Pro Bowl. It's like at four four o'clock. Then we catch a red eye flight to go catch the NHL All Star Game right after. <laughs> you know the Pro Bowl will be in Honolulu, and then the All Star Game will be in Quebec. Oh my god! It wouldn't be in Quebec. It would be, be no such reason. a long day of travel. For money. <laughs> Think about it. You take off here in the morning. You land. It's like four hours. It's the same time as when you took off because it's you know we'll call it a five hour flight, and then. They're what? Hawaii four hours behind or five? Either way, it's not too far off. And then you fly, you know, you fly back, you leave at six, and then when you land, it's ten. <laughs> I'd overpay so much on Miller Lite. <laughs> just everywhere. On the plane? Just everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Especially <laughs> on the plane. That would be seven dollars. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> but they do they do the fun stuff in the Pro Bowl, the fun plays. I just wish they did it more. Especially because like like the line, like, you know, like when JJ Watt was being featured in the season like regularly as a tight end like they'd put him out there to catch passes but yeah, it's like yep. i mean i see that in the season like give him the ball i want him to run especially now because i mean i know the nfl's always had very like high personality players but now that there's there's more now than i think ever you know you have your antonio well, brown you have odell beckham the advent of all the social media provides yeah, for all that they, they have such a following now to where they, they could make the pro bowl such a special event if they go about it the right well, way. Think about, I bet you, probably been like that for three years. You go down there, Snapchat has a filter for the Pro Bowl, yeah. all that, you know. They got the helmet cams. you see that? You can, Le'Veon Bell has juice vision. Or... Uh, NFL Street. NFL Street. They should they should play on a concrete paddock with, like, the walls. <laughs> I want to I see Antonio Brown run up the side of the wall and jump off to catch the ball. I want to see Luke Kuechly do a game-breaker where he pile-drives Drew Brees into the ground <laughs> That's what I want to see. That'd be cool, though. I mean, even if they did, like, because, you know, they, they don't want the tackling. So even if they did, like, no pads, flag football type of thing yeah. and had, like, a division tournament or something like that, you know? Yeah. Best of kind of thing. I mean, every year one division would be short or two divisions would be short a team, but <laughs> we don't want them anyway. They're in the Super Bowl and we're not. So it'd be cool. It'd be a fun thing to see. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, watch them. Watch them. If you don't have plans to watch the All-Star Games, watch all of them. Yeah. <laughs> You just might like it. Yeah, there's also that, like, the problem is, is there's never a lull where the, none of the sports are being played. Because it'd be cool if, like, there was, like, a one-month span, and that one month, like, everybody got together and did one giant all-star, like, thing. Dodgeball tournament. No, no, like, like, <laughs> like, a, like an Olympics, but for their sports. Oh, so baseball has to play football. Right, and, like, eat, like every city has a representation. So it's like, you know, you go out and it's like, oh, in, in this, this matchup, we've got, the, you know, the... Robin Lopez from the Chicago Bulls, representing the city of Chicago, facing off against Aaron Judge from the New York Yankees, representation <laughs> of the of New York, and they're going to be facing off in a hardest slap shot competition. That'd be fun. Yeah, I'd watch that. Yeah, it'd be. I mean, really, honestly, to watch any seven footer on ice would be well, Chara. I know, but six ten, I think six ten or six eight on skates. No, he's that's how tall he is. Uh, well, I was going to say on skates, I thought he was over seven feet. Oh yeah, probably. I think he's six ten, six eight. It's either six eight or six. Either way, that's a behemoth human being. Fine, Slovak man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, we talked about the NFL, Kendall. I know you said you had fun NFL facts. Yeah, I got some fun facts we could talk about and uh, be amazed, amazed if you will. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, the first one, uh, I thought this is interesting. Uh, coming off of the the Steelers losing to Jacksonville. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, first quarterback to throw throw five touchdowns in a losing effort. Wow! Ever really? Yeah. Ever like not even playoffs, just history. Just yeah. For, well, I believe it's playoff 
Oh, play. postseason history. Postseason history. Well, I believe that one more. That's more believable yeah. at that point. But still, th- there's been some crazy stuff in the NFL. I'm surprised. I could have been to throw for 469 yards, five touchdowns, and lose. <laughs> Actually, there was a stat before that game. Uh, ben was owing something when throwing for over 250 yards in a game, which doesn't bode well <laughs> for the type of play he was doing recently. So, history repeated itself. This was interesting. I, I told this to uh, the Riddler the other day. Ed Reed has 11 career fumbles. Not recovered or forced fumbles. He's carried the ball enough times to have fumbled himself 11 times. So, that's all on fumble and interception returns. And I don't know, maybe he probably did some He probably did some returning yeah, as, he, a, as, a, as a youth in the NFL. Yeah. But, but still, to have 11 fumbles, we got to look into that and we got to see... We'll we'll let Mark Sheen do that while Kendall's reading these fun facts. See if there's a way to look up like like his career stats, like fumbles lost every year. Because if he's if he lost four <laughs> fumbles in 2012, he didn't do that as as a return man. Because he was like 38 when that happened. He was on as like how many kids does he have? Is it Ed, no? Who is? Oh, no, you're thinking of uh, Cromartie, right? Yeah, Cromartie. What is he, he has like, like 47? Yeah, 47 kids with 48 women. Yeah, two half kids with one woman. <laughs> And there was the other one. Was it uh, we were talking about earlier too? Brett Favre, of uh, Brett Favre. of all the receivers or receivers over the age of forty, Brett Favre is second all time in was it yards and receptions and receptions, which is really only like one or two for like negative two yards, but but still, still to be to be for for receivers over for you know anybody who's caught the ball on the offensive side for over the age of forty, he's second all time in receptions only to Jerry Rice, which is I mean. It's like it's nuts, but not nuts to think. Like it's nuts to think that there hasn't been another receiver in the history of the NFL that has made it to to forty and hasn't caught in like four passes. That that Brett Favre can finish second. Yeah, that must mean that Brett Favre is second out of like four. <laughs> there's, there's, it's, it's ridiculous. Another, I mean, this is maybe not to just a common listener, not incredible, but I'm sure you guys will find this interesting. The Detroit Lions hadn't had. A thousand yard rusher since 2013. Yeah, they they were kind of highlighted that a lot this season. Like if you watch a Detroit Lions game, that they're on like the longest streak of like however many games that is of not having a hundred yard rusher. It's been like insane Which amounts I of tell games. You, that that's crazy because you see teams even that have no name worst... people all the time. Yeah, literally anybody who's played running back for the Patriots has had a hundred yard game in their career. Yeah. And it, it baffles me that they haven't had it. And, and it really just goes to, to show the incredibleness of Matt Stafford to put together winning seasons with that. Because you got to remember, too, it wasn't that long ago that his defense wasn't that much of a help. I mean, they had a great pass rushing defense, but the secondary was a joke. And now it's kind of coming all together, especially with Matt Patricia there. But to have to not be able to have a 1,000-yard rusher in, what, four seasons it was and not have a 100-yard rusher in one game in however many games it yeah. was, but it was an astronomical number. For football, that's absurd. Yeah, I can't believe it. I hope Stafford's the one that breaks it. <laughs> I hope Stafford has it's like hundred yard rushing day. Yeah, that'd be awesome against the Packers, and then they lose, they lose <laughs> after throwing five touchdowns. Also in the wild card. In the wild card, uh, we may have mentioned this during the debacle with Eli Manning. Uh, week thirteen of this year was the first time since nineteen ninety seven that a Manning hadn't started an NFL game. That's weird. That's weird to think about. Not even yeah, it's for, dumb is what not, it is. Not, not even for the dumb sake, but just I mean, think that's so long for them. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, oh, my God. That's incredible. Since 97? 97. 98 is when Peyton was drafted. So he started. Peyton started his first game, and then every game Peyton didn't play, Eli played. Yep. That's until McAdouche <laughs> came in and just ruined it for no reason. Ugh. Where's where do they say he might be going? Ooh, Minnesota. That'd be awesome because they have a real big quarterback dilemma going on right now. So I'd like to see what happens with that. I mean, realistically, they're probably going to sign them all, sit them all. They're going to keep Keenum, I think. I don't know. They, I think they're going to tag him. Keenum's right now like the perfect player to franchise tag because he's had seasons where he was not very good. He looked great this season, so now you have like that and one then year terrible. <laughs> But you have that one year, like, prove it. We're going to give you a lot of money this year. If you play great again, yeah, we'll sign you for four or five years. That That's kind of, I think, what they intended the tag to be, not like this. I, I agree. I have a feeling they're just going to re-sign Keenum and Bridgewater. 
I think they're going to sign franchise tag one, sign one to a two-year deal or something like that. See. Because Bridgewater hasn't thrown a pass in however long or whatever, but they they really like him. They've invested a lot into him. And the Sam Bradford thing is the same thing. They traded a first-round pick to get him. And when he was healthy, he was playing great. But he got hurt. And they've invested a lot into, I mean, not so much Case Keenum, but they've invested a lot into those other two. I I personally think they're going to sign both of them. And, you know, because I think they still believe in Bridgewater. And I think that, the, you know, they'll, they'll sign Bridgewater because he knows the system. He'd be, you know, that's that's what you want in a backup. Your backup quarterback isn't just somebody that, hey, if, if yeah. our starter goes down, just somebody to go out there and be a warm body. You know, Bridgewater knows the system. He knows the players. And who knows, maybe Keenum starts sucking or gets injured or something, and Bridgewater comes back out and looks as good as new. See, for me, it's going to depend what kind of interest Bridgewater um I think Bridgewater's going to generate a lot of interest from a lot of teams, but I don't think he's going to generate a lot of financial interest. So if, you know, who knows, you know, he's been in Minnesota his whole career. Granted, it's not that long, but Minnesota offers him $250,000 less than the next highest person. He decides to stay. Like I said, it's going to depend, I think, um, because there's so many teams that can use a quarterback. He, He can probably go somewhere and compete to be a starter. I think right now, I mean, barring anything crazy, I think Keenum earned that spot this season. Didn't look great in the game against the Eagles, but I think he at least earned his starting job in the in Minnesota for next season. Bridgewater, mm-hmm. I mean, can go to, say, Buffalo and compete to be their starter. He can go to Arizona and compete to be the starter. Denver, you know, yeah. he, he can still possibly be a starting quarterback somewhere. I know. If I'm Minnesota... I, I sit down, I figure out on paper which one of these three I think would be most likely to lead my team back to where it was, sign or uh, sign that person to a one uh, to like a one or two year deal, franchise tag the second most important one, and then just sign the other one to like a one year deal and just let all three of them duke it out in training camp. See, I, I think they let Bradford walk. I think they do too, but that's Bradford's going to walk. But they've all shown strides of success with that team when Bradford was healthy he was that team was playing very well just as good as they were with Case Keenum offensively he was putting up insane numbers and he was protecting the ball yep and I mean they you know Bridgewater did he lose his explosiveness can he come back as as good as people thought he was you know before can Bradford stay healthy and can can Case Keenum have longevity I mean that that's the key I mean, you, look I, at, you know, not not as a as a division rival fan, but I just think Case Keenum is the he's the role of backup. He's a role of backup quarterback that just he the system fit him right, and he played well, and then he finally had his bad game. Yeah, because I mean, the turning point in that game was drive number three, and he threw a pick six that was terrible. I don't care what anybody says, Viking fan or not, you go back and watch the footage. Chris Long did not affect his throw that much. Everyone was saying, oh, he got hit. Yeah, he hit his non-throwing hand on the load-up for the throw. So it's not like he hit him and caught him by surprise. Like, Keenum saw him coming. And then he didn't, he, like, dragged his hand across the the chest. Yeah, Keenum finally crapped the bed that game. And we might find that he kind of follows a Ryan Fitzpatrick type of deal where he had a great season the following year. Maybe he doesn't, you know, Fitzpatrick didn't have a good year. Goes, play somewhere else, has a good year again, then it's, doesn't repeat uh, it, you know? It's funny you bring up Fitzpatrick, because a friend of mine at work is a Vikings fan, and I said to him, there's two names that I thought of that are going to hurt Keenum when it comes, like, if they try and give him, like, an extension this offseason, and that's Ryan Fitzpatrick and Matt Castle. Yep. Two guys that had great single seasons and then crapped out. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it's You did tough. it once, can you do it twice? Exactly. But that, that's why I think the, the franchise tag is going to be perfect for Keenum. Yeah. Well, I think we're this offseason we're going to see a lot of quarterbacks moving around. Yeah. I think it's going to be very interesting with what happens. I have one more fact for you guys uh, before we kind of wrap things up, and I thought you guys were going to enjoy this. In 1979, Tony Franklin became the first kicker to kick while barefoot. But that's the, cool. But the, better than that, in college, he kicked a 65-yarder barefoot. Wow. Yeah. When we used to play pickup football as a, as a kid, I kicked barefoot. Really? Yeah, field goals and punts. Ouch. Yeah. See, so I'm not going to sit here and label myself as like as like wow, you know, I could really get a feel for the ball, you know, like you know, it was really easy to pinpoint the accuracy. I wore those cool toe socks. But I don't know. You kind of it, it helps with the kick. I don't know. In the field goal, it always helped me because think about it. You're bringing your leg down in a swooping motion, pretty much as hard as you can, to kick a ball. 
And if you got shoes on, there's protection. If you don't have shoes on, you're pretty aware of where the ground is. Because <laughs> if you hit the ground, you're going to break your toe. And I think it doesn't really hurt. I mean, it's it's kind of like a even when it's cold out, it's kind of like a like a nice like open palm slap on the back. Like it stings for a second and then it's over. It's a big surface area thing, you know. Right. It's, it'd be different if you know, like you were kicking a baseball with a bare foot because that's a lot smaller and a lot more dense. <laughs> I'm gonna kick this for distance. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. It doesn't really. It's never really hurt me that bad. I've never. I've never really had a, a longevity of pain from it. Sixty-five yards though. That's yeah. pretty impressive. That's far. Yeah. Guy probably never clipped his toenails either. Oh man! Oh, could you imagine the contact? Oh, <laughs> splinters everywhere. Just Gross. deflates the ball. <laughs> hey, a... I'm pretty sure barefoot kicking is outlawed in the NFL now. You know, that's a good question. I'm not sure. I think it is. I, I'm pretty sure it's. I'm sure it is. I mean, it's got to be a thing. safety. Yeah. Not even like you know, think, you just can't do it. They kind of outlawed like a few things for kickers, like uh, the the barefoot kicking, um, the the one bar helmet, one bar helmet, which is stupid because the awful. two bar doesn't really do anything else. It's if anything, below it, the chin. Well, the thing too is the two bar. If anything, it just gives more face mask to grab. Right. <laughs> if I ever made it to the NFL, I would have campaigned to get the single bar back. I'd wear a hockey helmet if I was in the NFL. I, I would have been a punter. I wouldn't have gone in for any other position. Mock would have been a punter. He would have punted the ball and ran right to the sideline. Right to the sideline. If he gets through the other ten guys, not his problem. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Known for being a coward, Mike Mock. <laughs> so for any, if there's any scouts out there listening. <laughs> See, I'm doing the opposite. I'm punting the ball, and then I'm running back to my goal line. And I'm waiting. And if he, and then if he gets there, I'm going to corner him. <laughs> I'm just going to try to, like, nope, 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 nope. And then just try to crab defense. What you do, classic crab defense. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's what I'm doing. And if, if the NFL just adapted the rule we were talking about, one play every game, someone on the, the captain on the field gets a handgun. Right. Not not to kill, not just to maim. Yeah, not a lethal, like a like a like a crowd control, like pellet. Like type a beanbag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like perfect. a beanbag thing, you know, something that just hurts and mobilizes you for a minute. <laughs> type of thing. It's you're a punter, you punt the ball, you know, time's winding down, game's tied, guy breaks through, you just you, you miss the tackle, you get up, boom, right in the right in the ribs. Oh, <laughs> Imagine the commentary for that. Oh, there's the gun. Oh, Hester's at the 20. The team pulls out a gun. Oh, my God. He's down. It's like fumbled out of the back of the end zone. Right in the glutes. I've never seen anything like that. <laughs> Picture Al Michaels calling it. <laughs> Shake it off the cryostasis. Yeah, I've never seen anything like that before. <laughs> he did what? <laughs> I don't know. Tony Rome would be funny to listen to that. Have you have you ever heard him like when a big play is happening? Yeah, he can't talk. He's just like, <laughs> <laughs> he, he kills like me nonsense. commentator because it's just it, like he commentates like the people watching have never seen football before. It's like, all right, you got to get up and spike it. You got to get up and spike. It's like Tony, we get we it. know. Like, it's hilarious when big plays are happening. He can't say words. He's always just like, <laughs> <laughs> he's just making noise, <laughs> and he contradicts himself so much in the air too. He's sitting there, he's like. You know, like, you know, you got to think that's a catch. I, you know, I don't know what a catch is anymore, but, like, you, know, you got to think that's a catch. And then they show, like, a different angle, like, I don't know. Like, it didn't look like you got both feet down. Maybe next year will be better. Maybe. I'd say, I, I think he was pretty good for his first season at it. I was really excited, like, the first two games, but then it became, like, stating the obvious. Yeah. Well, see, here's what I think. What if we do away with the standard system of the NFL commentating, or any sport for that matter? Why don't we get rid of the the standard playbook and we implement new a color commentary guy and a player guy? No play by play, <laughs> no play by play, no Al Michaels guy. So we're talking Chris watch. Collinsworth and Tony Romo together and just let them talk. Um, I ha- I have one wish in the NFL, and it's that Tom Brady becomes the head coach of the Giants. <laughs> it's that when Marshawn Lynch does finally hang it up. I want him to be like a special commentator. I want him to like take over like the Rob Riggle prediction. One hundred percent going to be the the unanimous Pro Bowl announcer. <laughs> Marshawn Lynch might be the funniest player that's ever played in the NFL. He would. They. You'd only be able to air ten seconds of it. The dump button would. It'd <laughs> he, be broken. He is so funny. It would be awesome if he did like the Rob Riggle thing every Sunday, like his picks. He would be hilarious. I, I hope that that happens. Hey, maybe. Who do you got? The Seahawks or the Raiders? I'm both. just picking the Raiders so I don't get fined. <laughs> <laughs> both. He says both. But uh, speaking of commentators, th- there's uh, speculation that Peyton Manning might be taking Gruden's job. Yuck. Not yeah. about it. 
he he's perfect for what he's doing right now, which is nationwide commercials. <laughs> he's great for those. He's because yeah, he's dry, and he's just he, he's just got this way about him that's just like it's humorous. But I don't know. I just I think Peyton would be better suited like in the studio. And like the pregame, postgame type shows. Yeah, get rid of Rodney Harrison and Tony Dungy. <laughs> and Dan Patrick. Get rid of all three of them. NBC, like if you're listening. I like Dan Patrick for the Dan Patrick show. <laughs> but I, I, you know. Dan, if you're listening, them. we love you. <laughs> Rodney Harrison, fantastic career. Great for him. No, no knock on him as a player. Tony Dungy, fantastic coach and career. First ever um, black head coach to win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Dan Patrick, one of the greatest sports commentator or not commentators but uh, you know broadcaster slash um you know uh with the like groundbreaking guy i mean first espn host uh, right he was the first sports, ever center. sports center host um like but i just uh, the show is awful i'm sorry it I can't. is horrible i just can't imagine marshawn and peyton hey <laughs> My- you ever seen the conan thing when the seahawks played the uh the patriots in the super bowl and Conan O'Brien sat down and played Mortal Kombat with them. Yeah, I, I watched it with you. Oh my god, that is so funny! It is just—it's—it's it's pretty much the same person, but just one's Marshawn Lynch, who grew up in you know, like, like the urban ghetto parts of Oakland, and the other one's like Rob Gronkowski, who grew up in like trust funds, just <laughs> A's handed to you. <laughs> they're both the, Rhode they're Island. Both, they're both the same guy. They're just different. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> I'd like to see Marshawn Lynch do that, though. That'd be awesome. Uh, be, it would just be so funny. He He's so funny. Well, he's got a show now. I think it's only a matter of time before he gets more. And he, he's been on, t- like, he was on the league. Yeah. And he was hilarious. He has his Bleacher Report show, which is hilarious. I just think it's, <laughs> I think it's just a matter of letting him, like, he, if you let him have fun with you what he's doing. You gotta let him be himself. Yeah, that's just it. Don't, don't put, write him in and try to make him be something he's not. Which is, you know, that was his big gripe against the the interviews and yeah. all that stuff. It's like they wanted to ask me. It's like, yeah, I don't want to talk about that stuff. He may have to censor up a little bit. Just <laughs> was a little. A, was it the, I forget which game it was after, but they did the interviewing with him or whatever. And they were asking him, like, oh, you know, like, you know, such and such, you know, was really, you know, playing well against your defense, passing the ball all over the, the field. Like, you know, what do you have to say about that? Yep. Yeah, and they just got to ask him, and then it was just like, yep. and then like they asked him a question about like the cleats that he was wearing, and he just like stops it because yeah, I was wearing these cleats because it's going to a donation charity for these kids. Like he just starts rambling on about it, and then the person's like, well, wh- what are you guys preparing for for the next game? Yep, <laughs> <laughs> like you, you know, it was just the one question. He's like, I want to talk about this, and then that was it. I love that guy. Yeah, yeah I do. Ugh, the the video of him right before he came back to Oakland. Where he substituted himself into that soccer game with no shoes on <laughs> and just like picked up the ball and started throwing it in the goal. It was just did you see when he played football with the high school kids? Yeah, oh, when he got suspended. <laughs> that was so funny. Went to his old high school, <laughs> tore it up, and <laughs> just started trucking high school kids. He's just one of those guys that you just gotta let him do his thing. Like, he, there's just no containing him. By trying to contain him, you're only making him more wild. And I tell you, what, what's funny about him, I remember when he was a Bill, like they had to force him to cash his game checks. Yeah, they were saying he had like a stack of them, and they were like, "Dude, you need to cash these. Like, you're screwing us up here." <laughs> he's <laughs> just like a simple dude, yeah, and he's just hilarious. He just loves life. That's what it is. He loves life. He loves the game he plays. I mean, and you say like, you know, he came back. You know, he thought he had more juice in the tank. He came back. He played for Oakland, his hometown, and just seeing him after after Oakland scored that touchdown, the first home game when he was dancing, and he was just dancing around. Like that was just somebody who just he enjoyed the game. Yes, it's more Sean Lynch. He's ridiculous, but. He happy just, to be there. He's just happy to be there. He loves the game. I think he was a season late. For yeah. Oakland. If he well, was there w- last year when they were playing hot, they, well, they could have done something. Maybe next year. I think if they get nothing going next year, then we know it's done. Yeah. But one more one more to prove prove that it's not false. It was, all, it was also circumstance, too. I mean, you dealt with injuries. Exactly. You dealt with suspensions. It's They'll be fine as long as Aqib Tlaib gets keep, out, of, out of that division. Can't, keep snatching can't chains. Snatch chains. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know why Crabtree's still wearing them. Yeah, I just take the chain off of that well, game. Fool me once, yeah. <laughs> or like put like a like maybe like an electroshock collar on or something. Have he him said grab he had it. it taped to his chest. I believe it. And Talib still is able to get it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, promos. Yes. Uh, take a minute. Shout out. Take a minute. Listen to our friends over at the Perpessence Podcast. Welcome to the Perpessence Podcast where we help you find the purpose and essence in life. Let's build a community where we can support each other and make a difference. 
live, love, and laugh because you matter. Also want to give a shout out to our friend, said this many times here, over at the PPRN Network, Peter Pino. We were on his show uh, on the 23rd. The 23rd, yes. Um, Listen to that back. Yeah, check it out. Download the PPRN app. A lot of good stuff on there. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram <coughs> at Getting Sports with Trunk. Twitter is GSWD underscore four. Make sure to use the hashtag GSWD for all your daily uses, whether it's juicing up for the big game or rocking out with Marshawn Lynch. Be sure to subscribe on Podbean and iTunes. And we're on the Lieb Sports Network every morning from 7 to 8 a.m. And on the PPRN Radio Network every Sunday from 12 to 1 p.m. And we're in your dreams every night. How'd you think I did filling in for you last week? Horrible. Oh, Horrible. man. Blew it. Yeah. It was fire. It wasn't Sky monotoned high. enough. <laughs> it wasn't monotoned enough. Uh, beer reviews? Do I have to give an extensive review, right? That's, that's, that's Well, it's up one. to you. Maybe, you, or you just pick your favorite. I don't know. Why don't you guys do yours first, and then we'll see if I want to do mine. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> We're sued. The pale ale's good stuff. Um, big fan of pale ale's in general. This one's good. I mean, it's not, you know, expensive, which is a plus, but I liked it. How pale was it on a scale of 1 to 10? I'd give it a 9. Ooh. Now, is 9 good or bad? I think it's good. I don't know. We're talking Kendall on a beach. How pale? Ooh. Ooh, wow. 12. Ooh, excellent. <laughs> I don't attend the beach, which takes me to the 329 Days of Sun Lager, which has a beach backdrop here on the can. Uh, very easy drink. I enjoyed it. Uh, I could see myself having five or six of these. Five or six? Five or six. These are 19.2 Have we had a ounces. beer yet that you haven't said that you could have five or six no. of? Uh, maybe. Well, I've, I've hated some beers. It doesn't mean you won't have five or six of them. That's true. <laughs> Best it again. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, what'd you think? It's delicious. It's decadent. It's fantastic. It's If beer was a cherry pie with a little bit of heaven added to it, this is what it would be. And I'm actually not really a big cherry guy, but I'm a big fan of this. It's very subtle. I'm a big fan. I'm going to take another sip. Glad you like it. Glad you like it. Rounding out the... Yeah, Sour the Sisters are done, man. That's it. Seven weeks. Seven weeks, and two of them weren't even Sour Sisters. But I had 750s of them, so <laughs> they got added in. There were a couple that didn't have. Um, I didn't have Matilda, but what are well, you going to do? You could reopen the book down the road. You could shut up. Well. Yeah. Shut up. My goodness. Um, so there's there's going to be uh, reviews on the, the social media. Um, so make sure to go look at those if, you know, you're looking, if, if Sour Beers intrigues you. And, uh, you know, this sounded interesting to you. But so the Madame Rose, I think, is generally everybody's favorite in this series. I like it a lot. But as noted, I'm not a cherry guy, so it's not my favorite. My favorite is actually the Juliet. I'm a big fan <coughs> of the Juliet. Um, I like the Lolita and the Halea a lot. But there's something about the Juliet, man. It's so good. Something about it. It's purple. It tastes like heaven. I don't know. There's something about it. I think it's because it's a rye beer. I think that's why. It's a unique thing. Rye beer, mm. French oak, and it's got like blackberries and stuff. It's just beautiful. It's also a little skewed because these have like a pretty much like a limitless age life or age uh, shelf life on them. And the Juliet was the oldest I had of them. The Juliet was... In... Is that the one that exploded on you? No, that was the Sophie. <laughs> um, the... Gave you the old J-shot. Yeah. That was good. Yeah, that was a rough one. A lot... <laughs> you know, it's funny because, like, that happened to Kendall the other show. And it's funny when it happens to when you have a 12-ounce beer. But when you have a 750-milliliter <laughs> beer and that happens and you got to get down, you know, a pint of it right off the, right off the get-go. <laughs> right out of the gate. It throws you for a loop for the rest of the show. <laughs> but, um... Nah, it was good. The Juliet was really good though. I think that was a, I think that was an O. Or I'm sorry, oh, I think that was a 2011. So that had, that had been fermenting for some time. <laughs> Love it. Some nice yeast farts. Nice. Tell you what, anybody who's ever experienced beer shits, drink a, drink like three or four of these. That'll really put you on the can. Any of the unfiltered, yeah, they they get you. Oh yeah, I mean, like crappy beer is is pretty bad for beer shits too. Drink yourself a 12-pack of PBR and then sit on the can the next day. <laughs> It'll cascade, as they say. <laughs> Soft serve. But enough of the poop. Well, it's never enough poop. But 
Uh, make sure to tune in next week as we do our uh, NFL. We've been really bad with telling fans what the next week's show is going to be. We've been wrong, but next week's NFL, without a doubt. There's no, no well, screwing we, around. We've had it. some some personnel been in and out. It kind yeah, of forces and, a change. And, uh, I mean, I don't know if we're jumping the gun, but big news coming soon. Yeah, stay tuned. We're not telling you what it is, though. It's a big surprise. news coming dun, soon. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> next week, we're going to try. No, no, Kyle is going to be in OKC, so we're going to wish him a, a good trip. Um, maybe get a phone call out of him. We'll see. Yeah, he's not gonna be able to figure it Live out. Live phone call. <laughs> Live phone call. He doesn't we'll... have to figure it out. All he has to do is all he has to do is take a shit and call Kendall. That's what he does every time he shits, <laughs> is call Kendall. But NFL show, playoff, uh like recap, uh kind of like wow moments type of deal. Um have Jeff Martin relive the Stefan Diggs touchdown until he cries. Minnesota Miracle. Yep. Um Super Bowl predictions. All as well as stuff. a special fantasy surprise. I've got lined up for the crew, so that'll be interesting. And uh yeah, so make sure to loosen make sure to loosen. Make sure to loosen up. Cause we're coming in. Hot. <laughs> uh but until then, I'm your hostess Cupcake the Riddler. I'm Mark. Sheen Washable. Nope. And I'm the Red Baron. Yeah. Yeah.